Obviously, Carla can't drive and text at the same time. So for a brief few minutes, the most I have to withstand is the ever-present mumbling and groaning as she tries to communicate her feelings in a way that her blind companion can understand. I ignore most of it. The drive wasn't nearly long enough, maybe two minutes and we were parked again. I assumed outside the bar. I dreaded going back in, but didn't want to walk around town either. Not with Carla jonesing to ask anyone we came in contact with what they remembered about the Reynolds murder. It's a public service when you think about it. Me protecting the local citizenry from Carla's text interrogations. What I wanted was to go home and sleep in my own bed. Maybe wake up tomorrow, or the day after, or the day after, and have my sight back. I heard Carla's car door open and opened mine slightly. There were always cars parked in front of the bar, and I didn't want to ding the door of any vehicle parked next to us. I opened it a little more and squeezed out, happy to find there was a car parked there, and I wasn't performing the task for absolutely no reason. The idea of someone witnessing me shimmying between the car and the door with a huge empty space next to me should be understandably unappealing. Unless you're someone who enjoys looking like a giant ass on a regular basis. Carla was waiting at the curb. She grabbed my elbow. How about we try doing it like the kid said, huh? Let me take your arm. This elbow thing is starting to grate. Hmm. I grabbed her arm above the elbow and she started to move. It felt different. I wouldn't say better because I don't like any of it, but at least I was being pulled, not pushed. It's all the touching that's the problem. Being forced to have someone's hands on me, or my hands on them. I don't go in for all this touchy-feely crap. Sex is one thing. There's intent, with the promise of a very pleasant result. Out in the middle of the street while walking among people, it doesn't feel right to be making bodily contact. I'm not a hugger. I'll leave you hanging on a high five, and if you pull one of those jocular fist bumps on me, you'll be waiting a while for a return. Don't be a moron. If you're doing any of the previous, you'd better be under the age of 14 or have just won an Olympic gold medal. Anything else and you're embarrassing everyone involved. I let go of Carla as we crossed the threshold into the bar. I knew the layout and figured it was time I started navigating on my own. I slid my stick across the floor, walking between the tables and the bar along a path that led straight to the back where we could take a right up the stairs to get to our room. I stopped when I thought of something I wanted to ask Carla. <clears throat> Damn it, woman. You know how you're supposed to give the vehicle ahead of you one car length per every 10 miles an hour you're traveling. Do that with me. I'd guess you walk about three miles an hour, so I'll need at least three Carlas between us at all times from now on. Now grab me two, no, better make it three, bottles of Shirley's finest whatever, and I'll be on my way upstairs. When I turned around and walked into another body, I threw my hands up in exasperation. Anyone else want to invade my personal space? What's wrong with you people? The rule is, you see a guy with an official blind stick, you give him a wide berth. Yes, Morno. I'm aware. Lash! What are you doing back? Figured you caught the first flight south as soon as you shook us. 
Oh, I caught something all right. Caught the end of the Detroit bomb case. The end that's currently squatted in mid-dump over this berg. The woman who may or may not remain my wife after all of this has decided to fly to Vegas with her sister. Seems she was more irritated by the lack of my presence over the holidays than our earlier phone conversations suggested. Oh, Lash, just fly home. Hell, go to Vegas with her. I'd rather chew off my left nut while listening to you and Carla have one of your text conversations than go anywhere near Vegas. <clears throat> Carla, my ass has barely made itself one with the stool that I plan to be sitting on over the coming hours, with nothing on the agenda for the rest of the day. I'm hereby giving myself permission to get blackout drunk. It's funny, when you think about it. Now, I'm a blackout drunk any way you look at it, because I'm blind. See what I did there? Carla took my right hand and placed it on the phone she dug out of my pocket while I was giving myself permission to get blackout drunk. When I jerked my hand away, she tapped the screen, and that's when I realized I was in trouble. My lazy phone wench interrupted what was to be my attempt at explaining the rules about Carla touching my screen without permission. I immediately slid it out of her reach. You got to see the autopsy report. Since you can't see and I can't read, Lash will have to do the honors. I've got a list of people I want to talk to and I'm starting tomorrow, with or without you. I'm perfectly capable of dragging my laptop around and typing out my questions for people to read. Now order me a beer. And when I'm done with that, order me one more. Then I'm going upstairs to take a nap. My whole face hurts. Happy holidays, Morneau. Bartender, bring the pretty lady a beer and have her next one at the ready. Get the guy next to me whatever he wants. I'll have a scotch. Make it a double. Don't bother with ice. Hey, Lash. You know what happened with the autoerotic asphyxiation case? Jesus. How do you know about that one, Morno? Carla and I were serving eviction papers. Super met us outside the apartment. Wanted the guy out pretty bad. You know what the M.E. found for cause of death? I'm guessing the rope around his neck had something to do with it. Accidental or homicide, Lash? Undetermined, I think. Why? Wait, you were in the apartment? Yeah, when the super got the door open, there wasn't much doubt about something dead being inside. We sent him to call the cops. Carla puked in the hall, and then we went in. She puked inside, too but managed to get it into a baggie I was using to keep from leaving fingerprints. Super got what he wanted. I'm guessing the guy they rolled out of there took those eviction papers nice and easy. I never saw the scene, heard about it. The thermostat was set in the 90s. Closet doors were closed when we found him. We closed them back before we left. The way Carla described the setup, looks like he did his thing in the closet and watched himself in the mirror across the room. If he likes to watch as he gets off, why were closet doors closed when we found him? I'd look at the super, 
Lots of bravado about getting the guy out of the apartment while we were standing in the hallway. Not much of a hurry to get inside once the door was open. I'll look into it. Lash must have leaned forward because his words flew past me in the direction of where Carla sat, to my right. Email me that autopsy report and I'll read it to Morneau. I've got a room at that shit box where you stay, so that's where I'll be for a few nights, room four. I'll have one more drink, then I'm headed back there to go through the file Price sent me on the Osceola bomb. I'm meeting with him tomorrow. Price is a busy man. We just came from there. Nice talk. Anything I need to know? Not really. He doesn't like us very much. I'm afraid a pissing contest is inevitable. Morneau, can you wait till I've got the bomb thing squared away? I don't know, Lash. How fast can you work? I'm serious, Morneau. So am I. You think I want to be staying in a dinky room above a bar with Carla for longer than necessary? I want to go home. I've forgotten what it's like to take a shit in my own bathroom. My head hit the bar and stayed there until someone brought me a, another drink. Text message from Carla. I can't get another room, Warno. Just say the word. Nope. You need me around to make sure you don't cut those wires. It's inevitable. I think we both know that. I'm just trying to give that fracture enough time to set. Also, you smell nice, Carla. For the most part. Which reminds me, those smoothies Lola's been making you, I think you need to switch to lactose-free products. Now, I'm no doctor, but my nose detects something's rotten in Denmark. Oh my god, fuck off. Absolutely nothing I need to hear about what Carla does with her whatever. Last wait. I'll trust you report. Damn it. Lash dropped his ass back onto the stool. What happened next was this. Lash ordered a second drink. Carla headed upstairs, and then he and I took a booth in the corner of the bar so he could read me the medical examiner's report on the murder of Jill Reynolds. I suppose now is as good a time as any to have a chat about the sexually sadistic criminal. I'm sure you're just as averse to discussing such matters as I, but after hearing that report, this is what's roiling by brain matter. Sexual sadism is so named because it describes a pairing of sexual acts with domination, degradation, and violence. Sadists enjoy the pain of others, and sadistic homicide requires the victim to be aware, at least at some point in the homicide, because the sadist needs to see their suffering. Simply put, he gets off on it. So far, the only actual evidence in the Reynolds case that I am privy to is the autopsy report. 
but within the 23 pages Lash read to me, which we discussed as he did so, is a fair amount of evidence to suggest our perpetrator could be clinically diagnosed as sexually sadistic. To be fair, there are plenty of sexual sadists out there who never do anything more than almost choke out their ever-willing autoerotic lover. For some folks, that's Tuesday night, and that's fine. It's none of anyone's concern if both partners are of age and consensually along for the ride. That is not the case here. Jill Reynolds was most certainly not on board with what she got. The evidence in the report suggests the perpetrator was known to the victim, though perhaps indirectly. Random psychos don't tend to make the kind of effort that was made here. If we were to give that kind of effort a name, it would be called suffering. This person wanted Jill Reynolds to suffer. That's not stranger danger. That kind of danger tends to live a little closer to home. The fatal blows were likely what resulted in the splatter to the hands because they would have produced the greatest amount of blood. It's hard to imagine how the splatter could have remained intact and not become smeared due to further contact without those blows coming at the end of the litany of injuries she sustained. There were a lot of wounds, so it is very likely that the splatter occurred when she raised her hands to cover her face or head. But what occurred before or after said blow or blows has yet to be determined. Jill Reynolds was beaten, choked, raped, and at some point pissed on. The urination isn't technically a wound, but I consider it one of the most targeted actions given the perpetrator took the time to open his pants in the back room of a store in the middle of the day when anyone could have walked in and found him. That's a calculated move, not done in a fit of rage like flailing away at someone with a knife or bludgeoning their face. The fact that no semen was found in or on her body suggests at least the possibility of some sort of physical or sexual dysfunction. From a profiling perspective, we're talking about someone with issues around women anger with a propensity toward violence, and very likely a disturbing fantasy life which propelled the action that was to follow. She had abrasions on both sides of her body, front and back, which suggested to me it wasn't the perpetrator simply dragging her from one spot to the next. Maybe she was conscious and struggling while being dragged. Aside from the injuries resulting from the rape, the perpetrator had centered his ire on her neck and face, which is fairly common in sexual assaults involving overkill. There's no doubt it was a bloody crime scene given the severity of the head and facial wounds. So we have beating, choking, rape, dragging, degradation with the urination, lots of variables, only a couple certainties. You see the dilemma here, right? I'm not talking about the order of injuries, although from a profiling and investigative standpoint, that's important. No, this is the kind of horror you start pulling apart, and your fingers get sticky pretty quick. This stuff is tree sap sticky. You can't rub it off. You can't lick your fingers clean. It's not barbecue sauce. You're looking around for somewhere you can transfer it, get it off you, but you don't dare touch anything, because then you're getting everything around you sticky. Everything and everyone. That's why Carla's head is where it's at now. She read the report long ago, I'm betting the same night we took shelter in the bar after the hotel foreclosure fiasco and a nice waitress named Lola said she could help us figure our way around that mess with City Hall. 
if we'd do her a favor in return. If history has taught me anything, it's that Carla Danny looks a little too long at almost everything around her. By that, I mean she's too interested, too empathetic. Far as I'm concerned, there aren't enough hours in a day for that kind of luxury. Not really. You can feel, sure, feel all you want. But if you plan on pinning some kind of action to each and every one of those feelings, I hope you've got access to a catheter and feeding tube, because you won't have time for fripperies like eating or pissing. Your entire being will relentlessly be slave to emotion. Feel what you can deal with and deal with what you feel. That's the most you can ask of any person. I think Carla asked too much of herself, which would be fine if that didn't have a tendency toward veering into my personal space, requiring I ask more of myself than I'd care to. This is where I'm at as I tap-tap my way up the stairs, a little wobbly. Okay, a lot wobbly. Lash and I drank a lot. Okay, I drank a lot. I don't remember how much Lash had. Top step, turn right, ten steps down the hall. He didn't drive to that shit old hotel, did he? Damn, it's cold out there if he walked, though. I consider going back down to check, but I figure he's gone. One way or another. And who am I kidding? I'm not climbing back down those stairs. This is the drunk mind, folks. This is my mind. And it doesn't get much better than this. Voices in my head just out of reach, where nothing can get close enough to touch me. If you're inclined to judge, do it over there. Leave me to clamor through this door. Shit, she said something about sleeping, didn't she? Nice going, fuckstick. Now I'm tiptoeing around the room like a goddamn idiot. <clears throat> I pulled off my shirt and slid against the pillow. Lash red, I listened. The contents of my head and stomach sloshed around like the water in two fish bowls being carried by an angry toddler. I scooted into a sitting position to move the bowls in question to a more amenable elevation. Carla rolled next to me and wiggled around a little until she was leaning against the headboard, but mostly against me, tucked into the crook of my arm. Hurt? Mm-mm. You lying? Mm-hmm. I don't want to start fiddling with phones, Carla, but I know you need to hear what I think about the report. Yeah, I do. I hoped she picked up on my use of the word need rather than want. It was as much of an apology for my recent behavior as I could muster. Wasn't random, it was personal. Some kind of hostility. Our bad guy had some knowledge of the comings and goings of the place. Enough to know he could get her alone down there and it would stay that way for a while. Not saying he knew it consciously, just part of the psycho's unconscious thought process. Maybe a customer who hung around a lot. Someone who showed a little more interest than she was comfortable with, and it came to a head. Maybe an employee, or someone affiliated with the store. Too many maybes right now, Carla. All that stuff you're digging up, the stuff about the city council, that nonsense you were nosing through before the second bomb went off. Don't 
get any bright ideas about some grand conspiracy. These things are usually exactly what they look like. Someone she was familiar with got pissed at her. People latch on to wild theories because it's hard to believe some fuck knuckle with mommy issues could snap and kill someone who hardly paid them any mind, or maybe didn't even know they existed. Those people are out there. This guy had the stones to open his pants at some time in the process. I don't know if killing her was the initial aim, but the kind of person who gets off on that shit isn't someone you want plowing your driveway or bagging your groceries. Music by Blue Dot Sessions.